He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. I like winning. And I tend to think of revenue management as kind of like a war between or war of these never ending like battles of strategy. And the kicker though, is that like, if you win, which I love to win, um, but if you win, everybody wins. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. This is the Vacation Rental Mastermind Series, the Operator's Edition. In early 2020, I did the same series featuring the service providers in the vacation rental space. Now, after the year that we just had in 2020, I think it's time that we showcase those who have been really leading the charge and having the boots on the ground during this crazy pandemic. In this short series, we're gonna focus on what makes a sustainable and profitable vacation rental management company and why it's so key to learn these tools, tactics, and of course, structures that make these companies the way they are. So sit back, grab your pen and paper, drink your coffee, and enjoy the Vacation Rental Mastermind Series, Operator's Edition. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Again, it's never going to change, but I'm your host, Will Slickers. And I have an awesome guest today, my friend Sarah from Natural Retreats. How are you doing today? What is going on? Where are you coming from? It is great. Um, I am sitting in my home office, which doubles as my craft room um, in Charlottesville, Virginia, where um, our main office of Natural Retreats um, sits. So that's awesome. That's where I am. Awesome. Well, how's the weather? Is it okay? Or you guys? Got oh, it? today it's beautiful. It's Perfect. beautiful today. It's I think it was like 60 degrees. Gosh, Maybe. So 60. It's really nice. So jealous. Okay. I'm, I'm driving. I'm on my way. Go, uh, go have a picnic. <laughs> Come <or something>. on. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, well, Sarah, I love just jumping right into the episode. So this is kind of a fun time where you get to tell the story uh, behind natural retreats. And then of course, um, a little bit about yourself. I want to hear how you got into the revenue management world and the just overall hospitality industry as a whole. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, well, Natural Retreats um, is um, an awesome company. I um, very, very readily, freely, and willingly drink the Kool-Aid there. It is one of the coolest places. It is like the coolest place I've ever worked. Um, and I've worked in some pretty cool places. So um, we're a luxury vacation rental company. Um, we're based in the U.S. All of our properties are in the U.S. We operate in some of America's most beautiful and iconic locations. We're in Palm Springs. We're in Lake Winnipesaukee. Um, so from coast to coast. Um, and our goal is to provide our guests and our owners uh, just really consistent and positive and high quality experiences and service um, and doing it with the best people um, that we can find. And, and like I said, I mean, I love my company and, and it, I kind of sound like this really weird robotic um, poster child for the company, but I really do love the company and it's, it's so fun and the people are great. And that 
I believe is obviously and sincerely what makes the company work. So that is who we are. Um, I don't know if that's, you know, what our uh, website says, but that's what I say. (laughs) Hey, that's always good to get an inside scoop. You know, there's great marketing for everyone on the outside, but for the internal aspect, I think it's great. Um, Well, let's kind of get into your story. I'm kind of curious, how did you even get started with revenue management? And then not even that, just hospitality. Did you start in a certain place, a certain destination? What was the beginning origin for that? Yeah, so um, I had no idea that this is where I would end up. I never had an inkling that this is um, where I would be right now in my career. You didn't know in high school um, that you were going to become oh, an awesome yeah. revenue manager for a great, amazing no. company? Um, in fact, I'm. I, it, it kind of stumps some people because, you know, if you actually go and like look at my LinkedIn or something, you know, my background isn't exactly vacation rental. Um, so I actually went to school for music and um, music and business. And the idea was always to have my own music school, which I did. Um, and then just over the course of life, um, I fell into vacation rentals. So, um, eventually, uh, through hotels. So Mm. I was a teacher, I was a music teacher. I was a performer. Um, and most recently before I got into hospitality in general, I was, I was teaching middle school chorus and general music. Um, and here I am. (laughs) So it's, it's definitely, uh, it's, been a windy road. Uh, never would have thought this is where I'd end up, but it's quite possibly the coolest place ever. So, um, yeah, a super cool. And I think it's, um, another guest uh, on the show said it's unconventional to be conventional, but then he said it was conventional to be unconventional to get into the industry. So like we all kind of accidentally or somehow fall into it. Um, yeah. So from school teacher to teaching chorus and music and performing yourself, getting into hospitality, what was that journey like? Tell me kind of the, you you said hotels, so you got my, you got my interest really quick. (laughs) Yep. Started in hotels. So like I said, I took a year off of teaching. Um, The idea being my daughter was very young then, you know, I'll get to be the broom mom and get to do all the cool stuff that, you know, parents do with their kids when you can't, that you can't do when you're teaching. So took a year off. And then I decided this is the life I am totally doing this. And I didn't go back to teaching. Um, and, but when her dad and I split, I had to find work. And at that point, my teaching job was gone. So I was like, well, what am I going to do? Um, and that's where I found that hotels have salespeople. I had no idea. I was like, what is hotel sales? I don't want to sell hotels. Like I couldn't (laughs) do that. That's really what I thought I was going to do. I thought hotel sales was like selling hotels. And I was like, man, I haven't even like barely sold a car. I can't sell a hotel. And so, but I applied. I mean, I was like, okay, well, I got to find a job. Um, so I applied for a director of sales position at a hotel here in Charlottesville and no background at all. I jumped right into director of sales. I've never, I didn't even, I didn't know what it was. I was like, okay, well, I mean, I've kind of done sales before a little bit. And so I went in there and they were like, well, this is to use your word unconventional. It's kind of an unconventional um, background here, but tell us about yourself. And so I kind of tried to sell the parts of me that I thought might work and it worked <laughs> and they were like, all right, we'll give this girl a shot. So that's how I ended up in hotels, um, wow. quite by accident and without knowing what it was and 
someone was willing to, you know, give me a shot. And I'm really glad that they did. So I started in sales. I started um, as a director of sales at a hotel. And um, then I moved kind of in the sales world. I, I took another job um, in sales as well. And then I decided that I really, really loved those revenue calls that we would do every week. And I was like, I want to do that. And so I tried to figure out how to, how to get that done. And I landed in a, in a place that was, that gave me the opportunity to, to try it. And I loved it. And I just never wanted to look back. So, um, you know, I spent about a decade in hotel sales and then revenue management um, before I found natural retreats uh, that they were looking for a revenue manager. And I was like, oh, that's, that's all me. It's gotta be, yeah. it's, gotta, it's gonna be cake. You know, I'm coming <laughs> from hotels. It's gonna be fine. I totally get revenue management. This is gonna be great. And then I got to vacation rentals, short-term rentals. It was fun. It was, <laughs> that was an eye-opener. Um, but that's kind of the, the quick and dirty of how I landed in vacation rentals or short-term rentals from performing on a stage and teaching middle schoolers wow. how to sing Soulfish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love the, I love the background. We have very similar <laughs> like aspects uh, as a front office manager and we go into the revenue meetings, you know, with a director of sales and of course the GM and then being like, dang, I really like this. This is fun. Like we're cool. We're doing cool stuff. Like we're executing yeah. strategies, all these other things. Um, we're making some money. It was kind of like, it was like gambling without your own money though. Like just kind of. Right. Like, <laughs> and again, it's like the whole winning thing, right? It's yes. like you want to win and you're always in competition with your, you know, your competitors and, and, and it's always a friendly competition, yeah. but it's fun. It's yeah. a fun game. Totally agree. Yeah. And in competition with yourself, you know, how was our rev par compared to last year, you know, year over year, all that other stuff. Uh, and then of course my favorite thing with the front desk was how, how many upsells, like could we beat our upsell you know, uh, record every month? Could we continue to execute of like the most effective upsell strategy ever. That was so fun. And my team had a blast with it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I totally agree. You have so many levers in hotels, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that you can really kind of pit against each other. And, and um, it, it is really, you know, people have described it as kind of like that Tetris game. Mm -hmm. And it really is, you know, you've got 100%. so many cool levers and buttons and, that you can pull um, in hotels. So it is, it is a fun, a fun experience yeah no i i totally agree i think the tetris analogy is dead on dead on 100 um my question for you because you and i both have experience for both hotels and vacation rentals so this is something that you and i can both relate to but what is the biggest difference with room uh, revenue management for hotels compared to short-term rentals because like you said you thought like, oh, this is easy. This is great. I'm from hotels. Of course I could do revenue management for vacation rentals. What are you talking about? But then you jumped into yeah. it and you're like, oh boy, this is a lot. Yeah. Different. Well, I mean, aside from the fact that each property has its own revenue strategy, yeah. <laughs> um, besides that, um, you know, there are universally accepted tools and resources in hotels, right? So, you know, every hotel just about subscribes to and, and, um, give in self reports their star um, to Smith Travel for the star report. Yeah. Everybody gets that, right? Most hotels are using Hotelligence in some form or another. Each brand has their own version of like a pace report, a pickup report, a turndown report, you know, and, and it's like, you know, in Marriott, it might be called one thing and Hilton, it's called another, but it's all basically the same thing. Yeah, of course. Um, when I got to vacation rentals, I was like, um, so where's the pace report? And like people like what, like I, 
and it wasn't, it was through no fault of theirs. It was just, you know, revenue management is, was just in a certain place in hotels and they had, you know, taken the, taken the mantle from airlines and we are where we are now. And we were where we were when I came on almost six years ago in revenue management. And it was just this completely foreign territory um, in terms of the tools. And obviously those are developing now. You've got a lot of companies who are coming out with, you know, dynamic pricing software and, and all sorts of things, but none of it is like, I would say none of it is to the point of where the hotels are. Um, and part of it, I think, is because of where the hotels are in terms of their, their just general journey. Um, that, and of course, like, with, I think with automation and everything. Yeah. yeah, automation and distribution and just the way, you know, it's room types versus a whole property. So the mm -hmm. inventory numbers in one property versus not the other, it's very And different. I mean, the same owner, right? You know, so, and again, you've got the Tetris thing that you can, you know, with, you know, upselling and, 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 and everything. So, you know, you have so many different options in hotels. And so when you come to vacation rentals and you number one, don't have the tools um, and the resources that you do in hotels, just to kind of tell you just a level set, where are you um, to benchmark you against yourself and against the competition um, easily. And, you know, with, with one or two tools um, that I think is probably the biggest difference that said, I think, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see revenue, uh, revenue management in vacation rentals or short-term rentals ever becoming the kind of machine that it is in hotels, just because of the nature of the product. So, yeah, that's a good point. And I think it's a nice, it's a nice different dynamic. Like it's, it's good to know that when you're occupied, you're occupied, like versus, you know, 70% occupancy versus 30 the type of ADR you need to have in order to, you know, be able to cover your, your labor costs and all this other stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah trying to hit those thresholds. Like yeah. I got to get to 95% so I can get my, you know, my rewards, my loyalty yeah. point, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff that you have so many other things that are at play too, which are fun again, Tetris. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's definitely an entirely different ball game. Exactly. Um, and like post COVID hotels were very on the books good with revenue but cash flow wise like you don't get that money until the guest right. is checked in or slash checked out uh versus short-term rentals you're getting paid the moment they book for most companies that's kind of the the standard especially uh if they book on airbnb or verbo or other platforms um you know you're getting that cash immediately um it may not get paid out until after they check out right but at the end of the day it's still like it's there it's and, and it's waiting Versus well, yeah, I mean, on the books revenue for vacation rentals is a little bit more um, comforting or you know, like you yeah. can you can like kind of rest a little bit easier with yeah. that as opposed to like on the books with a hotel that could maybe just you could it, lose it all. In never, a, yeah, a, a it's second. all gone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. The, most OTAs are now veering away from uh, virtual cards like the prepaid like virtual yeah. pre, uh, paid cards. And so, yeah, I think. Um, that's like a big thing for a lot of people that maybe don't recognize that hotels uh, do pretty good cash flow when it comes to after the month is done um, compared to, you know, future, future bookings. But yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We always talked flex flow in mm. hotels um, because it was so much a part of everyday operations. Yeah. Whereas it's, it's not, it's not as big in, in vacation rentals for sure. No, definitely not. 
Um, my question to you, because I'm kind of curious from your guys' standpoint uh, with natural retreats and just your overall, uh, I know every revenue manager is different. And like you said, you like to win. So it's kind of like a competition. My, my <laughs> thing is, where do you normally start when you are sitting down for the day and like figuring out, okay, what are we like, how do you even just compare the market? Do you look at what's currently going on with your strategy, you know, your pace or lack of pace for a lot of people, uh, especially during COVID? Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm just kind of curious, where do you even start? You know, it, that is like the $14 million question, right? Or trillion, if you want. Um, it, it changes every day um, because every day in, in the situation circumstances change. So um, it really kind of depends. But like I, I said earlier, I mean, each property has its own revenue strategy. So, you know, you're even within the same market, you're looking very differently at one property versus another. So in one of my beach markets, I may have a home that is a, you know, that is like the peak season warrior. It is full, full, full throughout from, you know, Memorial Day straight through Labor Day. Um, but then you have other homes that may not do so well during that time, but man, they crank it out during the shoulders. They're kind of the shoulder beast. And you really have to know which one it is. And then to optimize from there. I think sometimes um, when I, 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 will, I will say when I first came in to vacation rentals versus, versus hotels, um, it was kind of this, you know, you just have to be full um, or you're trying to get to this certain occupancy number. And one of the things that I've, that I really, I think had to learn over the years is that, you know, obviously filling and occupancy is important, but just like a hotel, you don't want to be full necessarily. Um, you want to be either oversold and knowing that you're going to have some slippage there, or, you know, you want to be the last to fill that kind of thing. So it's not always good to be full all the time because then there's a question of, you know, what are you leaving on the table? Um, but I think even more than that with vacation rentals, it's what kind of property do you have and what kind of portfolio, you know, what, what, what is your portfolio made up of? So what's realistic and what's optimal for your particular portfolio? You know, it might not be optimal that you're full with all of your properties in the peak season. And if you are, then maybe you need to reevaluate because maybe, you know, you're doing something wrong. So that's kind of a, a long and winded um, kind of answer. And I don't know if it really answers what you were asking, but I think that because of the um, difference between, you know, from one property to another, and they can be right next door, same layout. Um, but the way that you have to, you know, manage those, whether it's because of the property itself or because of the owner or because of who knows what variable there, um, you have to manage it differently. So, you know, I'm on, you know, for us as natural retreats, we have properties across the country, like I mentioned in the beginning. Um, so we have varying seasonalities, you know, so, you know, there's never really a downtime for us <laughs> because when no, beach is done, here comes ski. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so for us, it's a matter of, you know, we have to make sure we're prioritizing um, based on seasonality um, on a large scale, but then um, on a more granular basis, it really is kind of a daily look at um, what's going on in each market and how that affects each property. So I don't know if that answers your question. Um, it, it definitely explains what I think most people don't realize that it's not a wake up, do some yield management and kind of see how it goes. It's, it's very different um, 
with, yeah, like you said, there's so many variables that go into it. And my question to you was how often, or my new question to you is how, um, how often does the operational costs such as cleaning and amenities that you provide and all these other stuff go into your revenue strategy? Is there a certain like point where you're like, okay, we can never go below this nightly rate for this type of stay because it costs us X dollars to even just turn the place around for the next guest. Is that, yeah, uh, if you don't if you don't know what that number is, like that's a problem. So that would be the first <laughs> first thing, and that number changes yeah. um, seasonally often. Um, so it is always part of how we're pricing and how we are, you know, restricting or not restricting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and it has to be, or you're gonna lose money. Yeah. Um, or you're not gonna. I mean, I guess that's the same thing. I would say, or you're not going to be able to make as much as you possibly can. You're not going to be able to optimize, which is essentially the same as losing money. Leaving but, money on the um, table. Yeah. You know, it's 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 got to be a part of it. Um, and if it's not, then that that is a huge problem. Yeah. No. And I, the only yeah. reason why I ask is because a lot of people think, okay, this is like how we're going to set our prices Mondays and Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and then Fridays, Saturdays, Sunday, we're going to leave it at this, and then hopefully. We'll, we'll get the better weekends and we'll have like the lower the weekdays, but then not realizing what it kind of costs them in order to do a turnaround, especially if they have a back to back at different pricing modes and like uh, mm-hmm. just strategies and stuff. So the reason why I bring that up is just I, I know a lot of the listenership, especially on the podcast here, is that, um, you know, I think the revenue management is one of the finer subjects that is not covered enough in educational um, you know, tools, resources, in my opinion. Um, of course, there's companies like yours who hire amazing people like you and um, <laughs> a few other like businesses around the world. But in, in all in all, I think the overall like new property manager or host really don't understand like that part. They're just type trying to get occupancy at a certain rate in order to, you know, pay the bill. Whether it's yeah, like, I do think revenue management has just come so far since yeah. I've since I've joined um, in, in this industry. Um, and it's really amazing, actually. Um, and I think a lot of times, you know, we sell some of our competitors, and I say competitors in a very friendly way, yeah. um, sell ourselves short, um, because at the end of the day, I mean, the goal is to be profitable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, how do you do that? And and it's very, it's actually kind of um, pretty basic, which is you take in more than you have to spend or that it costs you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think at, we all understand that. And, you know, whether you're someone who's been in business for six months or for 16 years. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think that, and that's been really interesting. Um, that particular topic or subject or it has been coming to the top. It's been mm-hmm. coming to the top a little bit more lately in terms of profitability and, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, can you really be profitable if you don't understand all of your costs? Mm-hmm. And, and my response to that would be, well, no. Um, it, but as a business, it's our obligation, whether you're in revenue management or operations or sales, to understand what your costs are so that you have an idea of, of what you can do. Because yeah. if you don't understand what your costs are, you don't really have a good handle on what you can actually do. 100%. I love how you worded that is perfect um for a lot of people i think and i love that you brought up the the overall you know the overall conversation of profitability because you know pre-covid let's just say a lot of uh travel and 
in the hospitality businesses were thriving and doing very well. It was a very good year for uh, the industry as a whole. Um, early, you know, March, April, uh, we, we <laughs> saw that a lot. Uh, well, I think everybody was kind of scrounging. We, we all, let's, let's just be honest. If you weren't scrambling at that time, you, there's probably a, you know, something going over your head. Um, but yeah. the overall, I think we, we've seen the after of the, you know, the aftermath of it, that the businesses and companies, whether they're in our industry or not, um, that went out of business very quickly, like three weeks, four weeks, five, maybe, a, maybe two months. Um, and granted that's doesn't say they weren't making profit or anything like that, but, sure. um, their, their burn rate was probably super high, um, when they got into that low, you know, red zone. Um, but for a lot of people now, we're really realizing like the the importance of profitability and understanding these numbers and how that sustainability for the long term for your business. And I kind of want to like bring up something that I saw you you know were featured in, and that's the Hotel School project mm-hmm. with uh, AJL and the whole team there. So can you tell tell us about did that have anything to do with your your course design and the way you kind of built out that course with them? Um, I would say maybe not directly, but I think, you know, I, in, you know, I, I speak with, um, with those, with AJL and with, um, the team there, you know, just on a, I think it's professional level, just, to just to share ideas. And, and we, we are, you know, we respect each other in terms of what, um, we're doing. And one of the things that I really loved about what AGL is doing right now is, bringing this topic to kind of the forefront of, of vacation rentals, short-term rentals in general. Um, so I think that when, you know, I said, yeah, I'd like to work with you on this and they had approached me about it. Um, I think it was kind of just this, Hey, we're a good fit because, you know, we have, we, we share similar, um, thoughts about this. Um, they, they were not like, Hey, you should put this in your, in your course. And I mean, each of the courses were, were written by the people who presented them. Um, so it wasn't like they said here, you know, you need to put these things in at all. It wasn't like that at all, but I think they certainly, um, probably sought out people that shared similar, um, yeah, some ideas, but also theories. Yeah. But also execute and have proof of you know, what they do uh, at a high level. I think mm. you can say natural retreats is a high level of revenue management. Especially. We like to think so. Yeah. I mean, there, there are days, believe me, we have days <laughs> where we're just like, you know, can we bang our head against this wall any harder? And, you know, <laughs> will anything happen kind of thing? Yeah. Um, we all have those days. But and I think a lot of a lot of it with revenue management is just trying, you know, mm. you got to try mm. different things, um, especially now, you know, you, you've mentioned, um, COVID pandemic, whatever, a few times. And I mean, that is really where we are. You know, we, we don't have, you know, historical stuff isn't really super helpful right now. No. Um, that said, it's a benchmark. Yeah. So, you know, at least, you know, where you were. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things that I think um, is kind of dangerous is to say, well, you know, historical data has no place right now. And I think that's wrong. I think that, you know, it does it, even if it, doesn't help you um, the way it used to. I think it is. It's giving you that that um, benchmark, and at the very least, it will help you in the future. So I hope that we're recording the data now and we're mm-hmm. tracking it, and so that you know, a year from now, two years from now, 
when, you know, something else, you know, God forbid happens, but you know, it's going to, cause that's just the way life works. Yeah. Um, you have something else to rely on. So historical data is really important. Um, even if it's, you know, maybe not primarily important at this point, but I'm totally going off topic and I'm sorry, but no. that just made me think about that. No, um, I love that. I think that's super important because data, like people came like, well, I'm just not going to count this year. Uh, this year's revenue to be accurate for future years. And I was like, well, I, I love that you said the word benchmark because it is a benchmark. Like we can't just choose what data we put in and <laughs> want to listen to. Like it's still data. And so that's like, yeah. that's the understanding point is that you need to understand these numbers now, whether like they're good numbers or not. Um, just because well, they like, are the numbers, right? Like exactly. they're the accurate numbers. And so you have to, if you need to put an asterisk next to it next year, great, do that. But understand that that's actually what happened <laughs> so yes um I love good that. bad for good or bad you know yeah no, i love that you said that i'm totally on the same page you just can't pick and choose what data you want to record or not record yeah. and and all that good stuff but um so i wanted to pick your brain just because it's very rare for me on the show to have the opportunity that has someone like yourself who's been both hotels and vacation rentals because um, one of my personal goals, is I'm trying to bridge that gap. You know, I think we are a great industry of hospitality and travel. Uh, and so my question to you is, what can one or the other learn from each other when it comes to revenue management? Obviously, they both have a lot of differences um, when it comes to brand, property, destination, all that good stuff. But what are things that either hotels can learn from vacation rentals or vice versa? Uh it's kind of hard to just maybe um, isolate it to one or two things. I think, I think vacation rentals should be able to appreciate what's come before them, which in, you know, mm -hmm. airline hotels um, after them um, and appreciate the, the tools and the automation that we mentioned earlier that yeah. they've developed over the course of time. Um, and in addition to that, in addition to, you know, recognizing that and appreciating it, appreciating also that the revenue managers or people are still the ones doing the yeoman's work of revenue management in hotel, in hotels. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we talk a lot about, um, and when I say we, it's the royal we, yeah. we talk a lot about, you know, um, uh, dynamic pricing and automation and things like that. And and, and which I think is fantastic because hotels are, they've, they've been doing that. Airlines have been doing that, but they still have people who are, um, are doing the, the heavy lifting yeah. um, in a lot of ways. Um, so I think that that's really important. Um, actually, one of the reasons that I was, that I thought, you know, maybe this is the time to get out of hotel revenue management is because I was in a Hilton property at the time. Um, and the one Hilton Garden Inn was was the brand and I and the I can't even remember the name of it it's Hilton Grow I think it was their revenue um their new revenue software which is basically an automated software and I was like oh I see the writing on the wall mm -hmm. you know it's it's done like and and honestly and our, our our company was talking about we know we can you know get rid of this and get rid of that and we can streamline make it more efficient and I mean as from a business owner's perspective yeah totally get it but I was like, mm, that may not be good. But 10, 15 years later, um, 
they still have revenue managers. They still have their weekly revenue meetings with their revenue managers. In fact, one of the hotels that I used to work at not only has a brand revenue manager, they also have a corporate revenue manager. So they have two revenue managers for the same property um, and they get in there and, and fight it out. <laughs> but um, I think that what that says is that, you know, there is a future in revenue management for actual people. Yeah. Um, and that was, so I think that that's one thing that short-term rentals can look at. I'm, and, and appreciate. I think as far as hotels go, um, hotels, like I said, have all these tools. They have these standardized tools and resources that they've been using for years. Um, and short-term rentals, vacation rentals really haven't. And one of the things that I think you've seen with this pandemic has been, you know, people are shying away from the hotels. They're mm -hmm. trying to go for the more private, mm -hmm. you know, um, vacation rental experience. It, it feels safer to some people. Um, and so, you know, there's that. So that kind of helped vacation rentals out. But it was starting before that. Like people were figuring out Airbnb and Verbo. And, you know, of course, those are the names that they hear because those are the ones that have the money to to tell people about them in front of them. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but people were starting to kind of learn about this short term vacation rental kind of thing before COVID ever came along. Um, and if you think about it, we were able and I say again, Royal We, we were able to somehow um, get this message in front of the travelers um, without those standardized tools and without all of the reporting, without this, that, or the other. And I mean, if I were a hotel, I might be a little concerned mm -hmm. because, you know, I mean, if, if I'm speaking the truth, I mean, obviously I still have so many friends in hotels and I love them, but I'm, I want to come for your lunch. Like that's kind of like, I want to, that's again, it's, it kind of goes back to the winning thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I'm not the, I don't think I'm the only one. I think we want to kind of spread the whole vacation rental, short-term rental gospel out there and be like, hey, you know, we're here too. And we've got a lot of things that hotels don't or can't provide you. Um, and we've done it um, by developing our own tools, um, oftentimes very manually and laboriously. <laughs> um, but I think that's something that I think hotels um, should see as well. It's really easy to push a button in hotels. Like you just push a button, you put your dates in, it generates you this report. You know what to look for. You know the red flags, you know. And, and so in some ways, I would never say hotel revenue management is easier because again, I think there are a lot more levers that a hotelier has. But in that sense of the, um, the tools, mm -hmm. it is easier in that sense yeah. um, because there's not this agreed upon um, you know, united, um, process, mm -hmm. um, that there is there. Um, and I, but I think, you know, to your point, you know, you're trying to create this, um, like you're saying this bridge between hotels and, um, short-term vacation rentals, which I think is awesome because I think we obviously have so much to learn from each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, I, I mean, if anybody, if, if you know me at all, um, <laughs> you know that like that's one of my big things is um, like the whole concept of thought partners. Like I really think that thought partners, people that you you admire, your mentors, maybe people, you know, that you appreciate, they have experiences that you um, want to learn more about or, or whatever. Um, I think it's really important that we learn from them. Yeah. 
And, you know, I've got them in hotels, I've got them in vacation rentals, but I've got them in the arts. Um, I've, you know, they're kind of, they run the gamut because they provide a perspective for me that I think is really unique. And I think if we, if we, if we don't um, keep seeking out learning from, you know, our peers and from those in hospitality on the hotel side or on the airline side or what have you, I think we stagnate. And I Mm -hmm. think, uh, I think that's pretty dangerous, but yeah, I mean, that's a super long answer to your, again, question. And I ramble a lot, so sorry, but I think there's a lot to learn yeah. um, that both, that both um, vacation rentals and hotels can learn from each other. hundred percent. And I, I love that you brought the, the key aspect and the key, I guess, I hate the term secret sauce, but um, <laughs> is, is understanding the perspective. I think that's a gift as a either hotelier or vacation rental manager, whether you're on the revenue side or the ops side or whatever, um, is understanding like we have to be able to put our, ourselves in different shoes every day, multiple times a day, different pairs of shoes, big, small, uh, wide, skinny, you name it, all different types of, like if I keep using the, the term shoes, um, is understanding mm-hmm. perspective. And, and that's a huge part because our guests alone are coming from all sorts of different perspectives. And I yep. also think that, like you said, the fact that short-term rentals or vacation rentals uh, have been able to get in front of this traveler without the same means and the brand name and recognition that hotels have is pretty intense, especially because vacation rentals, other than companies like yourselves at Natural Retreats, are unbranded. They're completely one-off properties. They're, they're usually named after their, their owner, some kind of creative name that their owner creates, such as, mm-hmm. you know, the Red Door Inn or something like that. I don't know. Like, they, they find you know, certain ways, or like my parents love to use the hillside estates. Like they, they have that, you know, certain phrase and and term. Um, And so like, this is so unique and it's again, touches on that perspective aspect. And I think it's super key, super key for, for us to continue to move forward. Um, My final question to you really was, what are you looking forward to most when it comes to like recovery in the industry, whether it's any type of lodging uh type i i'm just kind of curious what are you looking for to most like as the industry is right starting to feel confident again and like all right people are traveling we're booking we're getting revenue we're creating experiences we're doing it like we're getting back in the game what are you looking forward to uh i guess well first i, I it's it sounds bad and so i'm trying to think of a way to like make it not sound bad um but in some ways this whole pandemic thing has been really good for my brain um, in that, you know, I'm totally a geek at heart. Like that is, I, I love learning about things. I love trying to figure things out. Um, and I love testing theories and, you know, Hey, I wonder what this is. And I wonder if I do this, what will happen? Um, and so if anything, this has actually been a really um deep growth period, I think, for me, just personally, as a revenue manager, um, as somebody who, you know, lives in revenue management every day. Um, The unknowns, the gray areas have been really exciting. Um, And I think, you know, I I hesitate, you know, when I think about recovery, it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, I don't know if recovery is going to look like a return to normal. Um, and I appreciated the fact that you didn't say a return to normal. Um, 
because it won't be. I really one of my one of my theories is that there has been this really fundamental, if not permanent, long term shift. I'm in the same in, boat. Same boat. In in what's happening, and so you know, I think there may be some. Um, some companies that are in a certain market that we're used to for years, the way things have been. And as things recover, um, it's going to look, your guests are going to look different. You're going to have um, different drivers for them. I mean, some of the, I mean, especially this year, some of the drivers are completely gone. So, and some of the drivers are literally driving like they literally want to yeah. drive <laughs> like yeah exactly one. <laughs> exactly so i think there's there is this um there's kind of this a uh, misconception at least i think it could be a misconception that's my theory anyway that there's going to be this recovery to something that we used to know and i really don't believe that um, i could be proven wrong completely um but i don't believe that and so I think that one of the things, you know, in terms of, it may not be something I'm looking forward to, but for someone who's a data geek and a tester and someone who wants to figure out what, what's going to happen, I think it's kind of exciting for revenue management because I don't think it's going to be, you know, we're, it's going to be a long time before we're able to take those benchmarking things that we were talking about earlier and have them really tell us much of anything other than what has happened. Um, and I think that's, if anything, it's it's maybe a, a just a, a a signal to us to say, you know, hey, maybe be looking for things that you wouldn't normally look for, um, and keep an eye out for the things that used to be, you know, the abnormal anomaly things because they might not be anomalies forever. Um, so I think for me, it's just kind of this exciting. Um, recovery isn't really what, what I think a lot of people think recovery is. And that's exciting. Totally. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a long way of answering ah, that too. I love I'm it. I'm sensing a theme with me. <laughs> I, love I ramble. <laughs> no, I, I think it's just super cool. It's, it's a, it's a conversation. I mean, I've been having on off the record and on the record with a lot of other people too, is just, you know, the recovery, the, the I don't even like saying new normal. Like there's no new normal. This is just going to be a new phase. It's like, I love that you said shift. It's the proper shift in the industry. And I think in, in a lot of ways, that evolution of, you know, hospitality, you know, I Airbnb going public and all these other things is really going to open up so much for both hotels, restaurants, vacation rentals, airlines, uh, drive to destinations, destinations that people never really went to I, i'm more excited on the side of you know people are discovering their backyard once again discovering that there's so many cool places in their community that they can partner up with yeah. and create unique experiences and create create this like little ecosystem that other ecosystems can be a part of once they travel to it's just it's really, really yeah cool. isn't that funny how like you know we all we all know um you know what's happening in new york city or we all we've all seen pictures of the grand canyon or we've all you know paris the eiffel tower but yeah. you don't actually know what's going on down the street 100%. like 100%. I, I think that that's and has definitely opened up opportunities for people this whole thing to get to know not only the people down the street mm. but you know what's down there not just the people but like cool hikes or yeah. you know all sorts of stuff that you never would have really uncovered in 
normal time, you know, quote unquote. Well, I love the, and this is another topic for like probably another episode or a part two for this, but it's like the the ability to tell a story. One of my favorite experiences was from when I worked for uh, this company on Oregon Coast. They had a brewery called Public Coast Brewery, like literally Public Coast. Um, And that's because the ocean, the whole 362 miles, I can still remember the story in my head, uh, of Oregon Coast was public and it's open to the public. And so they named their beer after Public Coast. And like they had a 67 gold ale because in 1967 it was made public. So it's just like all these cool ways that you tell that story that most people don't know when they come to the destination that now they're able to even like tell this to them and be like, hey, this is something really cool that's right here in our own backyard. So that's just another little geeky thing. Good stuff. Yeah, I love it. Um, So Sarah, final thoughts. Where can people find you? Where can people like find more information on what you're doing, what we're talking about, all this type of stuff? Uh, well, obviously, our our company's website is naturalretreats.com, um, and we're really proud of it. It's it's actually really beautiful. I remember when we um, redid it, I remember looking at it the first time going, wow, this is just, this is gorgeous. Like, I want to go to all these places. So if for nothing else, just to go look at the cool pictures. Um, but so our website is naturalretreats.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm connected with a lot of a lot well you and a lot of other folks in the industry and it's a really great way uh, for me to keep in touch and really keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on not just you know in you know vacation rentals but in hotels and all sorts of things um so I'm definitely there um I when I'm not lazy I do blog a little bit but I hadn't I didn't blog all of February and I'm really embarrassed and it's already March 2nd and I'm just I, I haven't done it yet but I'm on, I do have a blog, which is Sarah says what, but that is Sarah says what.com. And, uh, that's about it. Like I'm, I'm me. That's, that's where you, you get what you get. I love <laughs> like it. it or not. <laughs> I love it. I, Sarah says what we should come up with a theme song for that and put it into like the podcast. That'd be so cool. Sarah says what? Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> I love that. That was a joke. And that was a joke in high school. Cause I was always like, what? Oh, nice. Oh, half Sarah death. I, I feel it. Um, yeah. No, perfect. Well, all my listeners, you guys know that I always tag everything in the show notes. So go ahead, look at the bottom, see the mention in this episode section, and you'll find all of that right there below. Sarah, it was such a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, I think all my podcast friends, listeners, all of you guys, um, yeah, episodes coming out often. So get ready for more to come. Thanks, Will. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Podcast.